And I'm delighted to say we are joined as ever for this week's In the Garden by the one and only Tom Stewart from Kane's Garden Centre. Tom, a very good morning to you. Very good morning to you, Alan. I hope you're all well refreshed after the bank holiday weekend. Oh, certainly, yeah. No rest for the wicked for us, I'm afraid. Garden (laughs) centres will be all busy. Bank holiday weekends, yeah, open the whole time. I was going to say, I bet you wouldn't have it any other way, but I, I suspect you, you you wouldn't mind a day off here and there. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we're glad you, you spared some time for us anyway, as busy as you are. Uh, this week's uh, topic we'll get into in just a second. Uh, just a reminder again, send in those questions to 086-1800-964. There are two 30-year vouchers for Cain's Garden Centre to be won. But first, uh, Tom is going to take us through what fruit to plant now for homegrown harvest this spring and summer, Tom. Yeah, thanks very much, Alan. So now is the perfect time to start picking or selecting your favourite fruit plants, get them in the ground or into containers for some nice homegrown flavour that's somewhat unrivaled in terms of taste. So the likes of apples, plums, pears, strawberries, blueberries or rhubarb, all good to go now. Uh, now, rhubarb is actually a vegetable, but we treat it as a fruit. Fruit would have seeds, but the um, the delicious stems of rhubarb are treated as fruit. Great in jams and desserts, crumbles, maybe stewed with some sugar or even as a topping on some porridge. It's an excellent plant to grow, needs a bit of space as it gets to a decent size, so allow it some room to spread and plant it with some compost and well-rotted farmyard manure. It likes a nice uh, rich soil and somewhere that gets a decent amount of light. It's best to leave it until the second year to harvest or if you plant a few new a few uh, plants, you could harvest a few stalks from each plant, not taking them all. And just what you're doing there is you're allowing to build up for a decent harvest next year. Uh, you can get an early harvest by forcing them. So forcing them, this is best done on well-established plants as it takes a lot of energy from the plant and not to force the same plant uh, for a few years, uh, allowing it to recover and build up its reserves again. So forcing rhubarb is a method to produce stems before they would normally be ready, giving you an earlier crop and a really sweet uh, really sweet tasting batch. So this is done by covering the crowns in early winter to stop light from, from reaching the emerging rhubarb stems. So you could use a, a large bin or a bucket to cover over the stems, covering the crowns in early winter or even at this time of the year. And what you're doing is you're stopping the light from reaching the emerging rhubarb stems uh, you place the, uh, you place your, your bin or your bucket over the developing crowns and check every week or so, see how they're getting on. So your rhubarb plants will have developed tender stems after around five or six weeks, um, about that five or six weeks or so, remembering to do this only on the well-established plants. Um, for regular harvesting, you can do this usually from late spring onwards, depending on the variety, when the stems are red or green and about a foot or two foot in length. And you can simply pull and twist the stems off the plant, which will actually help stimulate new growth. Uh, from time to time, you might see some flowering stems on rhubarb plants. You're as well to cut these off as it takes energy from the plant that you want to reserve for stem production. So rhubarb doesn't take a whole lot of looking after once it's established and it'll be productive for probably about 10 years or so. Um, keeping the soil nice uh, and rich and keeping your plants healthy. Um, so plenty of well-rotted manure around the base of the plant as a mulch and perhaps maybe a liquid feed in spring. So keeping it, it a nice rich soil uh, around your rhubarb will keep them in good order. A few varieties of note, Timberly Early is a very popular variety and it's good for forcing. But even without forcing, it can be uh, harvested sometimes maybe as early as late March or April 
April or Victoria is another variety with a good yield and nice sweet flavour. So certainly rhubarb, if you haven't grown it already, it's worth getting some into the ground and then you'll have a delicious option there. Another interesting option are blueberries. They can produce fruit in July, August, September. So you get a nice continuous crop across the three months. Blueberries, they're perfect to grow in containers using some ericaceous compost. And they're also a very attractive shrub to grow for ornamental value. They have beautiful white bell-shaped flowers and great autumn colour on the leaves. Uh, with a mix of three or more plants, you'll get a great yield from each plant. And with blueberries being somewhat of an expensive fruit to buy, having your own at the back door in the garden would be a great option to have year after year. Again, lovely to sprinkle on top of a bowl of porridge or in desserts. Or for those keen on baking, you can try your hand at maybe some blueberry muffins. So if you're new to growing fruit or fancy something, uh, growing something that you haven't grown before, perhaps this is the year maybe to give it a go. You'll find it very easy and uh, very rewarding as well, having your own uh, fruit. Yeah, lovely to be able to have all that fruit in your garden, your own uh, personal stock of it. Um, lots of questions coming in, which we're going to be getting to in just a little while. But uh, before that, Tom, you have a few jobs drawn up for our listeners for the week ahead. Yeah, thanks, Alan. A few things you might have in your calendar. So onions and onion sets and shallots and garlic, they're all available to buy now at this time of the year. So you can pick up your favourite varieties and maybe even try a new type. You'll see them all around the, the sea potato section in your garden centres. Um, you can start them off in small pots inside to give them a head start and an earlier harvest. Uh, with spring kind of not too far away, you can start to dig some farmyard manure into beds just to help to condition and enrich the soil. The likes of the summer flowering bulbs are available to buy at this time of the year. So dahlias, begonias, lilies, agapanthus, gladioli, all great for summer colour and pretty much easy to grow as well. You can also use a winter tree wash that can be applied to trees and for roses. This will help remove any overwintering and unwanted bugs and keep your plants pest and disease free. And then seed potatoes, I think we mentioned them last week, plenty to be available to buy at this time of year. And you can chit or, or sprout, um, sprout your seed potatoes. It'll give you an earlier harvest and a bigger yield. And also you can grow potatoes in containers if you don't fancy a whole lot of digging. So the likes of some of the early varieties like Charlotte, Sharps Express or Home Guard would be a good choice for container growing. Okay, uh, get cracking folks. Well, get cracking on those jobs after uh, we uh, you hear the questions put to Tom. Still time to send one in, 086-1800-964. And our first question this week, Tom, comes courtesy of Brian, who's tuned into Morning Focus and Curra Finn. He says, Hi Alan and Tom, is it okay to sow my spuds on the same patch of ground this year in relation to parasites? Um, good morning, Brian, and thanks for your question. I, I would, I'd be happy to do it again now. Potatoes being somewhat of a hungry plant, I would definitely um, replenish and enrich and condition the soil. So digging in some um, bags of farmyard manure or um, lots of multi-purpose compost to enrich it. And you could even put down a, a small handful of slow-release fertilizer, even chicken manure pellets. So you want to replenish some of the nutrients, brine in the soil. But I'd be happy enough, and I know plenty of growers use the same patch year after year, um, but I'd be happy enough to, to continue on like that, Brian. Sometimes on what we call virgin ground, ground that hasn't been used before you might have some um, insects and pests there but um, I find that uh, on subsequent years they'd be actually you have a little bit less to deal with so by all means Brian use the same patch again if you like Okay, our next question comes courtesy of uh, one of our most loyal listeners and uh, one of the biggest devotees to gardening in Clare. It's Kay and Curra Finn. Uh, says, good morning, Alan and Tom. It's been a while since I've been in touch. It has been, Kay. We missed you. Uh, Kay says, I suppose it's the time of year, not much going on in the garden, which maybe is a fair point. Uh, Kay goes on to say, I was delighted to see a few daffodils amongst a few little spring flowers peeping their heads out through the weeds. Also a few leaves on my Escalonia hedge. A sign perhaps of spring on the way. Thanks as always to you both for a great garden. 
gardening program. So not so much a question, Tom, just letting us know how the garden is going. Brilliant. And thanks, Gay. Thanks for your comments there. And it's, it's certainly nice to see some of those spring flowers coming up, the likes of the daffodils and, and tulips and, and even snowdrops. So, yeah, certainly it's nice to see. It's, it's a sign of more good things to come. Okay, we move on to uh, Sarah in Ennis who says, Hi Tom, uh, a neighbour cut back more than half of an old grisolina hedge on the bounds. Just wondering, is there any fertiliser I could put down to thicken it? So hopefully uh, I would die as it's quite, it won't die as it's quite old. That's from Sarah in Ennis. Yeah, good morning, Sarah. So usually uh, plants like Grisolinia, they can take a good haircut, a good hard haircut or a good cutting back and they'll replenish with new growth coming on. Certainly after doing it, I think you're right. Um, I, I'd love to give them some uh, slow release fertiliser. So something like a bucket of Osmo Pro Grow or Pro Bloom would be really good. You could also use a bucket of... Um, uh, chicken manure pellets, you did organic chicken manure pellets are quite good. It's high in nitrogen and it'll it'll help uh, encourage new growth. So generally speaking, about a generous handful per plant and you can just throw it at the base of the plant. It'll work its way into the soil and the plants, the, your gristolinia plants will, will take uh, the nutrients from the soil. So by all means, now you need your soil temperature probably to come up a little bit. So probably... Um, late February, early March, or even into April a little bit is probably best to, to start to apply the fertiliser, um, somewhat weather dependent, but when the soil temperature starts to come up a little bit more, the the, um, the fertiliser will react a little bit better. So maybe in March, Sarah, you could start to apply a, a slow-release fertiliser. Okay, hopefully that helps you, Sarah. Our next question comes from Maggie, who's listening to the show. And Ina, good morning to you, Maggie. Says, hi, Alan and Tom, on this wet day, my mallow plant, when should I cut it back and how much should I cut back? It's really tall, says Maggie. Good morning to you, Mal- uh, Maggie. So mallow plants, yeah, Lavater is lovely and, and a lovely flowering one. So it's usually around about March that they, they, they get cut back. Um, you might have some what's called kind of old or unproductive wood so certainly by cutting it back it'll help rejuvenate the plant and um, it, it should produce lots more new stems and new growth for you and again somewhat like we were saying to Sarah after cutting it back um, give it a good uh, handful of slow release fertilizer so you could cut it back you know this month or even next month if you wanted to and then probably March is probably time enough to start feeding it so you could put it back now Maggie and give it a feed in March but yeah it'll benefit from it and uh, it'll rejuvenate the plant for you all right, so our next question says, when forcing rhubarb, can I cut a 40-gallon drum in half and use it to cover them, or do I need to leave it some light? That comes courtesy of Seamus Hayes. Come on, Seamus, yeah. So um, as you see, that, that was our topic this morning, Seamus. So yeah, a, a large container uh, and put it over, and you don't, yeah, you're, what you're trying to do is exclude any light at all. So you don't want any light to come in. And what the plant starts to do is it kind of nearly stretches up and it's it's forcing itself up looking for for uh, for light. So but the fact that you have it in darkness, and again, about four or five weeks time, you'll see the... Um, you'll see the new stems starting to emerge. So yeah, a large a large container like what you described would be ideal for it and blocking out all the light is perfect. And uh, remember to do it on established plants, so ones that have been there a while, not to do it on the same plant every year and uh, just to allow it to recover a little bit. And uh, if you have a few rhubarb plants, give them all a good feed, probably kind of like from, from the end of this month or March onwards, well-rotted manure is really good at the base of rhubarb. It, it works really well. So yeah, plenty. But by all means, um, Seamus, what you, what you plan to do there now is perfect. Okay, uh, hopefully that works out well for you, Seamus. Eileen Crow is listening to Morning Focus uh, today. Good morning to you, Eileen. Um, she says, why did the buds fall off the camellia? Thank you. Uh, good morning to you, Eileen. Yes, yeah, sometimes c- camellias can suffer a bit of uh, bud drop. There can be a couple of reasons. 
mostly what I find the reason can can relate to is if they have suffered a little bit of drought during the summer months, that's when some of the bud production starts. If they've suffered a bit of drought back in summer, if they're in containers or even in the ground, the, uh, one of the adverse effects is that the, the buds fall off later on, that they haven't developed properly. So it's it's important and, and you can maybe set a reminder on, on a calendar or something just to be mindful of your camellias, particularly if they're in pots in the late summer months to keep them nice and consistently watered. Um, other other um, reasons, it might be a fungal disease or a viral disease, but a lot of times... Um, not watering the myelin in late summer can be the cause of it. Um, you should have nice dark green glossy leaves on your camellias. If they're not, um, regular feeding with an ericaceous feed will help. And sometimes if, if they've gone a little bit hungry, if they're missing a few trace elements, it just might um, inhibit some of those that bud production. So most likely I'm thinking Eileen, it was maybe suffered a bit of drought in the summer, uh, but certainly by all means, keep them well fed and watered and, and they should be good. It should come a good, good again for you next year anyway, please God. Okay, hopefully that helps you, Eileen. And uh, our next question, well, it looks like Sarah and Ennis isn't the only one with a, a trim, happy neighbour with a hedge trimmer or a, a chainsaw because our next listener says, Hi, Tom, my neighbour cut back significantly one side of my cherry blossom tree. Will it grow back? Um, I, I'll go on the positive slant. I would imagine, in all seriousness, it probably will. Um, it, obviously, it's going to have it somewhat um, imbalanced and that, and you know, but um, it, it should come back. Um, I, I wouldn't be too fearful. It should come back. Um, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. Just check as well that it's well staked. If it has been a bit, um, if a large section has been cut off and it, it might be somewhat um, unbalanced, maybe check does it need an extra stake or a tie or something to support it. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd say all things being, being well, your cherry blossom should come back and then set up a bit of new regrowth soon enough. Okay, I'd say that part listener is relieved to hear that. And our last question this week comes courtesy of Angela. It says, hi, Tom, is it best to leave climbing roses until early March to cut them back because of frost? Uh, good morning, Angela. Um, you can do, but uh, roses are, are hardy, um, so frost won't be an issue. So you could do it in February or you could do it in March. Like I tend to do any ones I have in, in, um, in February, um, but they are frost hardy and even if they put on a little bit of soft growth even by some means if, if that got burnt by a little bit of frost even in April or it can happen in May it won't be detrimental so definitely on your climbing roses if there's any very old unproductive wood that can be cut right back down to the bottom and, and hopefully it'll um, encourage a bit of new regrowth of, of more productive timber and then your other regular stems they can be cut back by about one third but you could do it now Angela no problem you could do it from now and again like we said to the other listeners there a good feed a good rose feed at the base of, of the rose um, after cutting it back and just remove any leaf debris or that might have um might be there from the previous year. Just if any of the leaf debris is there, it can harbour a bit of black spot and fungus. So good garden hygiene, cut it back and then the uh, feed probably next month for the feed and you'll be good, Angela. Okay, uh, some great questions this week. Well played, all of you uh, who got in touch. But there can be only two winners of the 30 Revoutures for Cain's Garden Centre. So congratulations to Seamus Hayes and Sarah in Ennis. Uh, you've each won yourselves a 30 Revoucher for Cain's Garden Centre. But the rest of you have been pointed in the right direction, out the back door, into your back garden, and carry out the uh, suggestions that Tom just gave to you there to your questions. Uh, that's it for another week of In the Garden. My thanks to you, Tom. Uh, very well played from you too. Thanks for being with us.